Welcome to another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is October 3rd, 2020. Again, let me start off by apologizing. I know I have committed to trying to get these out every five days or even sooner. Um, was dealing with a little toothache, little root canal that I had several years ago decided to haunt me again, kind of threw off my schedule and everything. And the reason that I try to commit to five days or less is because right now some like things are happening in that time span, like five days you can miss out on so much stuff. I mean, I look at my notes on things that I want to talk about and now all of that has fallen to the bottom because from, I think my last podcast was Sunday and today is Saturday, basically a week in that time span. You know, a number of things have happened. I'm sure by now you've heard that President Donald Trump has obtained the coronavirus. Imagine that. Hmm. Um, this is my thought on this. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be no conspiracy theorist or nothing like that. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I find it, I just find it so hard to believe that he has gotten the virus for the first time. You know, since, you know, I guess when the pandemic first hit and well, that March, all of the rallies and all of the places that he's been refusing to wear a mask and then all of a sudden months later supposedly he gets the virus not from those encounters but he gets it from a staff now yeah you know I heard about the different situations where this particular staff got it on if I'm correct if I'm thinking the timeline was Tuesday she found out that she had it. They confirmed that she had it. And excuse me, it's not even too, when was the, de the debate? It was the same day or the day before the debate. I'm not sure. The de debate was Tuesday. Excuse me. Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm, I get it mixed up. But either way, she was made aware that she had contracted the virus. It was determined that she tested positive for the virus. Okay. She's on Air Force One. She's mingling with the president, first lady, the Trump family, the whole nine yards. Uh, people in the audience. In fact, there are photos before the debate takes place where you can see the family and staff of Joe Biden and they have on masks completely 
covered up, uh, kind of, you know, trying to abide by the rules and stipulations that have been handed down by everybody in regard to prevention of the CDC, um, CDC stipulations, everybody, coronavirus. Then it's like on the other side of the fence, there's the Trump family and staffers completely maskless, uh, piled together. I mean, almost looking at the Biden camp as if they are the ones with the plague when all the time, including in that group, is a person that has tested positive, that they know that she tested positive. And they still plant her. It's like as if they planted a virus with the intent. It, you know, kind of reminds me of how Native Americans were infected intentionally with smallpox. It, I mean, that's, that's how much, you know, that's how I look at it. But when I think about all the places that Donald Trump has been, and he has never, he has never once tested positive, I, f I just find that hard to believe. I just find, I, I, I you know, something... That it just don't even that don't even add up. And then, then he continues to campaign. Again, they notice, and he goes to New Jersey, basically for a fundraiser, no mask, embracing people face to face with all of these people. I didn't even realize that at the debate. There were some people in the audience, you know, when they, you know, I, I didn't really see the audience crowd. I didn't, you know, I never realized there were people actually in the audience. I mean, that was just general people in the audience. Um, and it was just a few, but they're right there underneath the president. And, you know, I guess, you know, being brushed up against the staff Secret Service men, the whole nine yards, when all the time these people have tested positive for the coronavirus. You know, it's 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 sickening how things to these people it it do not matter how they simply do not care for human life. I mean, I mean, I, and I, I just don't get what is it that people are not saying. And I mean, I get it. I get it. Trump supporters are not in it for his policies. Because the majority of his supporters don't even make enough to benefit from his policies. So I, I get it. So basically, your whole concept, the, the, only, the only group that seems to actually just say, I support Donald Trump for his racist and bigotry views 
or the Proud Boys organization. And I'll be truthful, I, I heard of this group, but I really did not know that much about it. I, I knew what type of group they were, but I'm like, you know, I felt, why would I waste my time to even just want to know about them? It's just another bunch of angry white men that are afraid that they're going to lose whatever so-called lifestyle that they have that, you know, I guess they think that, you know, people of color want. There's probably not one member of that group that a person of color is saying, yeah, I envy that member of this group. I mean, think about it. Really? It's like, are these doctors? Are these, you know, white supremacist lawyers? You know, um, yeah, I'm sure there's probably police officers in the group. You know, maybe some firemen, you know, pretty much blue collar workers. I'm like, eh, okay. But it just, it's just amazing how this is not a wake up call for, you know, I, I, and I don't, I don't think this is going to turn a Trump supporter that is with him for his rhetoric. Because again, when he's cured, when they inject him with this so-called, you know, they call it an experimental cocktail, you know, really just, you know, come on. There's some, there's some, you know, already, there's some stupid shit they talking. An experimental cocktail. You're, you're going to use the president of the United States as a guinea pig. So you're injecting in him something that has not been tested and you want people to really believe this? You know, when, when Trump actually says that there's a cure, in a way, I do believe they have a cure for this. Now, if they're using this to hold out for, I guess, a political advantage, I don't even see how that is going to help. I don't, I don't see, I don't, I mean, I'm thinking you have a cure, but you're not going to unleash it until a week before the election, but you got a cure. And there are people that are dying that, that are not only still testing positive, but they are dying from this. But you have a cure. Supposedly you have a cure and you're not going to ad administer it among the people. I'm thinking, wouldn't that, wouldn't that piss y'all off more? Wouldn't that make you angry i'm just i'm just saying you know how they you know the news the newscasters they'll say you know it might be like you know nine o'clock and they'll say coming up at 11 o'clock on the news we're going to tell you how to prevent people from breaking in into your home or severe weather coming up 
We'll tell you more about it. Because it's coming tonight. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you give me that information immediately? But you're trying to goat me into watching your newscast when there's a severe thunderstorm coming my way. Your, your, tele, your, your show comes on at 11 o'clock and 11, 30, 12 o'clock midnight. There's a tornado possibly coming. Instead of just breaking in and saying, hey, uh, dude, you need to go. You need to go take some shelter. No, stay tuned. We're going to give you details at 11. Really? But this, this is the bullshit we go through. So, you know, chances are Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump right now is at Walter Reed Hospital. They're taking precautions. They're giving him this experimental cocktail. Wink, wink. And he's going to be 100%. He's going to be back on the campaign trail. He's going to be saying how the experimental cocktail is some product that is on the market. Chances are he's already got money invested in it. You know, it might be the, the hydrochlorine or whatever the product was, the Clorox based product that he had touted before you know because that was that's what he was taking the first time where he was trying to dupe people into taking this because this is what was keeping him healthy so I guess that didn't work anymore you know the mass concept now and it's funny I was looking at pictures of I guess his entourage today, they all masked up now. You know, imagine that. You got all these dumbass mega hat Trump supporters running around here fussing about their rights to not have to be forced to wear a mask. But now let's let's see what the difference is going to be. Because, of course, you know, they boy is out for 14 days. You know, you don't know how that's going to play the debate. But, you know, I don't know. We're going gonna to talk about that debate. Oh, my God. That's that was a shit show. But either way, you know, I want the Trump. I want the president. To come through, because I want—I really want to see how he's going to spin it. I—I just—I just love his spin artistry. I love it. I just want to see how he's going to spin it, and I want to see how Fox News is going to stand behind him while he's spinning it. I want to see how his supporters, how my friends, my conservative friends. Trump supporting friends on Facebook, how they going to spin it when he comes out, you know, because, you know, a lot of people don't realize the next the next debate was a town hall style beat um, style. Um, town hall style debate platform, which he didn't do good at his town hall 
Because see, he's in he's in front of real Americans with real education, with real common sense. So now he's going to be on stage with Joe Biden. Let's see if he can spend. I would I would hope that in fourteen days he's you know because you know still we. It's today is actually one month away. So it's four weeks. So he got two weeks where he can get himself together and bam, he can be right right back in front of the audience. Because you know, at this time, whenever he has some type of situation, say like after the debate, he would then go on a, go on the road, go to one of his rallies, and it's almost like he has to get himself reboosted back up. Once he gets his ass kicked from reality, he goes to his supporters so he can feed them rhetoric and they listen to it and, you know, do their little chants and stuff like that. And before you know it, he's pumped back up. Because, of course, after the debate, first thing he says you know, he came out on top. Now let's talk, you know, let's talk about this debate. I'll be truthful. After 37 minutes, I stopped watching it. I did turn back. But, I mean, it, I mean, this 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 thing, because of course, I, you know, the Lakers were playing Miami. So, of course, I kind of was flipping back and forth. But really, after 37 minutes, it's like, I mean, in fact, it wasn't, I say the Lakers game. It was a repeat of a Lakers game where they played Miami back in December. They were just getting, I guess, a feel of what we should expect from this um, NBA Finals. That's how boring it was. I'm watching reruns of a basketball game that we already know the results of. But anyway... It's like it, it 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 didn't even start off slow. They didn't even have to warm up. I mean, it was like grip and rip. However, when when Joe Biden called him a clown, oh my God, I lost it. I mean, it it, it reminded me when LeBron James called the president a bum. I mean, that just. When I said I was hollering, he's like, you are a clown. I mean, I'm flipping back and forth. And I mean, each time I'm flipping back and forth, it's just like they were just, you know, and everybody kept saying, you know, Chris, Chris Wallace, he didn't have control. I mean, I really, I felt sorry for the man because I believe that every opportunity like that you only get a limited chance. Here's Chris Wallace' chance to be in the limelight, prime time, and could possibly make a name for himself. And it was just, it was torn to shreds. They just, I mean, he probably like, yeah, I could probably maybe hit one of the major networks, get out of this Fox News bubble thing, you know, do like the other previous people that left Fox, 
get hooked up with MSNBC and major networks, you know, because he's probably in his dressing room crying before he go on every show. But either way, that was just, that bubble was popped. And I mean, you know, it was no doubt that that was Donald Trump's game plan. Because he know he cannot stand toe to toe. You know, you had the you had the information of his taxes that came out. Then situations surrounding the virus. You know, you had and this is like I said, this is unbeknown to people that his staffer tested positive. But Joe Biden was laying out information about, you know, the facts in regards to the numbers. And of course, Trump is just, he's, he's spewing out the same rhetoric that his supporters spew out. When you ask them, why do you support him? And they always come up with some bullshit about Obama. Well, Obama raised taxes. Obama, I got, I got, Friends that are Trump supporter that they don't even work. Whether it's, I can't even, you know, most time, I don't even think the majority of them have retired. Most, I'm talking about my friends. They, didn't, they hadn't even retired or anything like that. They just hadn't been working. Or somebody else is taking care of them. Or they got some physical disabilities where they can't work. So, I mean, let's be real. They ain't making no real money. So when they say that I'm a Trump supporter because the tax benefits on this, the tax benefits on that, and I'm like, how are you benefiting from his presidency? And the first thing that always jump out their mouths well, when Obama was in office, I'm like, well, what does that got to do with you? What does that got to do with your taxes? What are you talking about? Your taxes on your, your food, your cigarettes, things like that? Obama don't have nothing to do with that. But see, this is the rhetoric. Instead of them just saying, like the Proud Boys do, I hate black people. I hate Mexicans. I hate all people of color and Trump allows for me to feel good about my, my ignorance in regards to racial harmony. I feel good and I feel safe to express my views and opinions about other ethnic groups. I'm like, okay, that's all I need to hear. I would love for a Trump supporter to just say that. And I'm not talking about these groups like these Proud Boy groups and stuff like that because I guarantee if you get them as individually standing alone, half of them won't even say what they truly feel. They only talk their rhetoric when they with their groups. They won't ever just say, you know, by themselves, you know, I'm a Trump supporter because you know, I hate niggas or, you know, I hate the Asians or the Mexicans. They ain't, they won't say that. They only do this, you know, when, when they're in their, in their groups. 
But, you know, uh, now in regards to the next debate, of course, you know, I have wrote some stuff down after the last debate, and I'm thinking, you know, my original solution was if this is how it's going to be, you may as well cancel him. Because, I mean, truth be told, you can say you got something out of it, even if you just say, hey, the president of the United States is, you know, he's an asshole. I didn't like the fact that Joe Biden started stooping down to his level. Yeah, it was it was funny when he called him a clown. But then when he said, will you shut up? And of course, they making T-shirts off of this. This remind me when, you know, John McCain had said that one. And then the next day, boom, their T-shirts that had, you know, that one. So it's like, imagine you trying to make a comeback or somebody make a, you make a statement against you and then people pick up on it and make T-shirts with your stupidity. Just like the Proud Boys, you know, when he made the statement about, you know, what do you say? Um, stand by, stand back, stand by, whatever. And the Proud Boys, they turned that into their motto. So, I mean, yeah, you know how that made that that made you look real smart. But anyway, you know, when they keep asking them, you know, to denounce white supremacy, it's like, come on, get real. That man would rather pull his skin off before he do that. It's just you already got your answer. That's like saying, asking a person, do you love me? And they're like, huh? And what what is your definition of love? When they start talking that dumb shit, come on now. You are, that's, that's your answer. You know, do you denounce race, uh, racism or white supremacy? It's like, uh, come on now, get real. But anyway, um, I'm now curious to see another debate. Especially after, you know, he's been cured, propped back up, ready to go. I would love to see. And I would love to see the, the town hall environment. But, you know, a lot of people forget. We got the VPs. They they got a debate. Oh, my gosh. Mike Pence versus Senator Kamala Harris. Ah, uh, If anything, of course, they have learned from the from their bosses what can be expected and let's be real Mike Pence is no Donald Trump however Senator Harris is Joe Biden let's let's let's, let's be real with that Senator Harris is you know she don't roll over. She didn't roll over when she was in the Senate. I don't believe she's going to roll over as a candidate for vice president. I believe that she's going to hand Mike Pence his lunch. She's going to hand it to him and then she's going to eat it right. Right. And snatch it away from it and eat it in his face. But anyway, that's I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Because to my knowledge, neither one of them have tested positive for the coronavirus. So 
that should be that should be up and running absolutely let's see what we got um like i said due to the length of time um miss some things you know wanted to speak on justice ginsburg's death again you know when the president said the statement that the family made in regards to Justice Ginsburg death wish about, you know, waiting for the president to um, pick a nominee, which, you know, go figure that that Supreme Court nominee, she might be positive. I haven't heard anything about whether or not she's tested positive or not. They did say that the president of Notre Dame, who came to support her, he tested positive. I mean, imagine that. So, you know, my thing is this, and I've said it before, I'm not a religious person, but I am a God-fearing person. I believe that things are going to happen in the manner that God wants them to happen. I, well, let me, let me explain this. I don't believe that God intervened in the situations surrounding man. I just believe that God will redirect some things and then see how you all handle it. I mean, just like this situation where you got the Supreme Court battles where the Senate is just, they're trying to rush this through. I mean, you would think this really would have been the week that they probably would have been trying to move in regards to getting this Supreme Court nominee through. And you gotta realize the Republicans they have the votes. They have the numbers. So it's nothing that the Democrats can do. The only thing the Democrats plan was to just basically shame everybody, make them, I guess, attempt to make these people feel bad for doing what they were planning to do. When it's been confirmed that they do not have the votes. So this woman was going to be nominated and voted on. Okay, now it is being said that the Senate has to now take the test. So this this could easily delay it to after the election. Easily. Which again, if I'm correct, I think I can't remember when the situation happened during the Obama move. Was the election over or was it before? I can't remember. But I think I think the Senate, which was controlled by the Republicans, they held it up. And again, you know, the Democrats are like, oh, what about when you did it? You know, they make the Democrats make me so sick. Cause not only are they weak. 
They look weak. They sound weak. Well, we played fair. No, you didn't. You tried your best to get President Obama's nominee voted in. You wanted to have hearings on this person in which even if you had the hearings, you still wouldn't have had the votes. In fact, you know, Obama actually went out and found somebody that was in the middle. And the Republicans are like, no, because it would have gone down as Obama's pick. I mean, let's be real. That, that anything with Obama's name on it, they just don't want that. And they had the votes to make sure it didn't happen. So here we are four years later, and the Democrats are still saying, oh, remember when we did a favor for you all? And the Republicans are like, first of all, you didn't do us a favor. You didn't have a choice. We can change the rule because we have control. And that's what they're doing. This, this is, again, bringing a knife to a gunfight. And as much as the Democrats, Democrats keep getting shot up, and not only getting shot up, the Republicans are taking their knives out of their hands, and after they shoot them, then they start stabbing them. It's like, you know, come on, people. This, you, 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 things got to change. Things, things got to change. I mean, this is, this is crazy. You know, not to change the subject again, but it's like, okay, then I know I missed this little nugget also, the tax information. Donald Trump's tax said that he only paid like $750. Uh, he's claiming I paid more than that. You know, yada, yada, yada. You know, he pays his daughter millions. Anybody, anybody that knows Donald Trump in regards to his business dealing. And let me say this, because I have read his book, The Art of the Deal. I used to watch the, the first year that The Apprentice came on, I would say the first two years, where he was using real people. Yeah, he had a blend of actors in there, but there were, you know, there were real business people because the first two years, to my knowledge, I don't know if it was the third year, but I know the first two years, the prize was a position in his organization. It, you know, it was a high paying position in his organization with a title whole nine yards. And Watching that show, the strategy from a business point of view, those were some real good values. There were some real skills that you could utilize from a business point of view. I can't even remember how long ago that was. I've been doing clinical work for 11 years now, but before that, I was a general manager in corporate in a in the housing market so i can't even remember if it was that far back that seems so long ago but either way um i remember when i used to watch that show the first two years 
I used to watch that show. I used to have a notepad with me because there was some interesting strategy that was utilized on that show. Then, of course, you know, the ratings dip, so they had to get stupid, and they started bringing celebrities on, and that's when, you know, it, unfortunately, the show picked up, and it became just stupid. So anyway, um, and I guess that's where he became a, a reality TV star. But anyway, anyway, again, I digress. Donald Trump indicated that he is not going to bow out gracefully. If he loses, he is going to just spew rhetoric to the point where his supporters will get amped up and it's possibly we can have a civil war if this guy loses. You know, part of me would love to see him win if there was a way you could see what he's going to do because there's no doubt if he gets a second term he ain't going to do jack shit for his supporters he's going to go in straight survival mode that's why he is doing everything in his power to make sure he wins and he is going to cause rhetoric if he loses because his mindset is that he's going to try to find circumstances that will allow for him to stay in office which I guess he wasn't a fan of civics come January I forget the actual date the person that's elected will take the oath of office no matter what even if there is an unofficial, I guess, a tie or it hasn't been officially, I guess, determined, he still would not be president. Uh, it's not like if there's a tie, he gets to stay in till they resolve it. It don't, it don't work that way. You know, so somebody need to hip him to that. And then also, when you look at the tax information, it's believed that he ho he owes four hundred million dollars, and it's believed he does not have this kind of money, and he owes this money to countries: China, Russia, North Korea, probably. Every rogue country, they're looking for some type of payback. And it's, it was believed that part of the loan deal was we're going to make you president of the United States because we know how to manipulate the voters. And from there, you're going to use this position to implement some things that will benefit us. Okay, well, that really didn't work. 
you know, I know Russia, I think Russia's biggest thing was they wanted to make a sham of our democracy. They even, you know, in a small column on page 15 in major newspapers where President Putin actually said, you know, hey, look at what's going on with this president and the American people. You know, this is what Russia created, but it, it, it blew back on them. You know, what they, they paid for a service and they didn't get it. So they had to spread rhetoric about the service that they set up to pay for, didn't get, so now they got to smirk, you know, be smirched. But either way, again, um, it's, it's, this is, you know, like I said, today is one month. In the state of Georgia, early voting starts on Monday. I'm planning on voting this week. You know, I'm not one of those undecided. I'm not one of those undecided voters. I knew who I wanted to vote for four years ago. So it's like, it's just, it seemed like it, it actually went by that fast. It's like, wow. So, yeah, I'm ready to vote. I'm ready to get this over with. But anyway, um, last but not least, let's talk about, and this is just my opinion. You know, it don't have nothing to do with politics. LeBron James, you know, everybody, you know, is trying to figure out, you know, who is the GOAT. Greatest of all time. I guess me, with my spin, if there ever was an athlete, and, you know, please, I would love to hear people's opinion on this. When I think of an athlete that was can't miss, blue chip, Number one recruit. Now, of course, LeBron James, he didn't go to college. So, you know, that, that could, you know, you can question that. Because, of course, you know, the person, I'm, other person that I'm thinking of is Michael Jordan. You know, Michael Jordan went to high school, you know, state championship, national championship at North Carolina, player of the year. Two Olympic gold medals. I think he played 15, 15 something years. Six NBA champions, six for six. In fact, the only blemish that I would say that's on Michael Jordan's record is when he resuited back up and played for the Wizards. I remember when they were spreading those rumors. You know, even the baseball thing. I, you know, until I watched the documentary, I didn't realize that he was out for so long. I don't know why I just thought it was a season, but I didn't realize it was that long. But either way, um, when he suited up for the Wizards, I was like, oh my God, you know, it's like, and that's the first thing I thought, he's going to damage his legacy. I mean, if he would have won with the Wizards and took him deep, then I'd be like, okay. Yeah, you 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 added to your legacy, but I mean, no, he ain't do nothing. If anything, he he made his 
he made his scoring average go down. But either way, um, when I think of a person in there in the arena, a sports figure, I don't just look at them on the court. I look at them as a human being. Yes, to me, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time in the NBA as a basketball player. When he comes to the stadium, put on his Bulls uniform, Air Jordans, and gets on the court, to me, he's greatest. LeBron James, on the other hand, to me, he's greatest of all time as a human being who just happens to be a professional basketball player. I don't believe there's nobody that can touch him. I believe from day one, when he was the number one pick overall, the chosen one, up to this day, on the court, off the court, LeBron James is the greatest of all time. He, to me, is the epitome of a professional. I would even go, so I'll say, I'll say it, black. A professional black athlete. Michael Jordan is a basketball player who just happens to be black. LeBron James is a black man who plays professional basketball and he has done it on a level I would even go as far as to say Muhammad Ali is my idol but I became an Ali fan really after he retired I believe Ali didn't go away he became a humanitarian. It's like, it's like Jimmy Carter. Yeah, we could say, who is the best president? You know, in the office, there are a number. But as a human being, Jimmy Carter is up there. It's just... In terms of just what God designed you to do with your talent. And see, when you say a talent, it's not just that bouncing the ball or even a motivated speaker. It's how you inspire individuals. It's making a change in people's lives. Yes, you're, you're getting wealth. This, this is why I have issues with preachers, especially, you know, these mega church preachers. What are they really doing outside of their church? I don't even think the majority of them even serve the members of their congregation. It's like they, they're in their pulpit. You come to church, you listen to them. And you get inspired. And you take that inspiration 
You take it home, you take it to work, and it motivates you. It, it boosts you up. It hypes you up to make a change. But what does that minister do outside? What, what do they do to inspire people that don't come to their church? See, to me, that's what LeBron James does. He don't just look after people that are basketball fans. You know, when you, you think about this man set up a school. He started a school where you start from elementary all the way to high school and you complete this program and you get a full scholarship to a university or his teammates from high school. He helped them to go to college and set up his, set up businesses, businesses that really he's running, but he actually raised the CEOs and the presidents and the owners or co-owners of businesses that he's connected to. This, this is what people that have doctors and lawyers where the family will say, we're going to send this person to medical school. This kid says, I want to go to medical school. And the family is like, once they realize that this kid is real, they chip in and they pull. When you see, when you see somebody like, like a Rahm Emanuel, who was, you know, um, one of the advisors for President Obama, then he becomes mayor of Chicago. But he has a brother. One is, I think one of his brothers is like a doctor, and another one has another position. And it's all in one family. Most families might get one person like that for every 10 families, but you got, then you got one family that has three, you know, you got doctors, lawyers, police officers, teachers, all in one family. It's, it's, it's equivalent to having a family with two NFL players at the same time, you know, when it's like, you might get one every <laughs> once and you got somebody, they just was um, J.J. Watts. He has two brothers that play in the NFL. It's one family that have three siblings playing in the NFL at the same time. There are a number of teams that have brothers that are playing in the NBA, in the NFL, at the exact same time. Things like this is unheard of. So, you know, in my opinion, LeBron James is the greatest of all time because I look at 
when you say greatest of all time, I look at the human being aspect. Yeah, Jim Brown. Jim Brown was a hell of a football player. But, I mean, and you know, he started he started community project, the American Me project, whatnot. But, I mean, Jim Brown threw women out the window. You know, yes, Muhammad Ali, while he was a boxer, you know, he inspired people when he when he fought, when he changed his name. That was a major stance. When he took the stance of not fighting in Vietnam, lost three years of his career. But at the same time, Muhammad Ali was a womanizer. Like I said, I became a Muhammad Ali fan pretty much after. You know, I'm old enough to remember his his fighting career. But at the same time, it was really after. It was more like his his speeches that he gave that inspired people after he retired. And see, these are the things that I look at. You know, what what are you doing off the court, off the field? And no disrespect to, you know, Michael Jordan, because even when they, you know, they talked about it in his documentary, and I know, you know, it wasn't supposed to be a Jordan documentary. It was supposed to be about the Bulls last season before they broke him up, but still, no, it was, it was a Jordan documentary. But, you know, when the situation faced with um, surrounding Harvey Grant, Gant, when, you know, everybody wanted Jordan to endorse him and he wouldn't do it because Jordan was like, you know, with his statement, Republicans wear sneakers too. But he just, he didn't want to isolate not so much as his fan base because I don't think it, I don't really even think it would have hurt him. It sure wouldn't have damaged his relationship with Nike. Nike wouldn't have cared. It might have swayed away some of his fan base that sit on them courtside seats. But I'm sure there were other people that can, that would have jumped in them seats. You know, when Michael Jordan, and I get it. A lot of these people, they do things behind the scenes. They do. But when you see Michael Jordan now reaching out and speaking up again, you know, in regards to social justice, things of that nature. But it's like Michael Jordan is 50-something years old now. You know, when he was in his playing days, he didn't do this. He didn't take these stands. LeBron James, he took these stands immediately. So, you know, I get it. People want to say, you know, Jordan, because they want to focus on his performance on the court. Yes. I don't think nobody's had a career like that. I think the only, like, in terms of the accolades, probably would be Oscar Roberts, high school, national championship. Olympic gold medal, NBA titles. And not to mention, Oscar Robbins' career was a triple-double. So, I mean, without, you know, now, I guess because, you know, and I never even wondered why Oscar Robinson is not considered the GOAT. But, I, you know, I guess he didn't win as many titles that Jordan did, you know. But either way, from start to finish, 
And he hadn't even finished yet. Because pretty much LeBron James probably will win his fourth. In fact, as of this recording, um, L.A. is up two games to none. And I mean, they they are killing the Heat. They ain't just beating them. They're killing them. But either way, so I'm speculating that LeBron James going to get his fourth title. And, you know, that's will that quiet people down. No, it's not because it's generational. It's generational. You got those old head, you know, reporters that focus, you know, pretty much white reporters that don't even really like what LeBron James is doing because he's bringing social conscience. All the stadiums where they got say her name, Black Lives Matter and all these stuff like that. That's that's a movement. When LeBron James was with the Heat and the Obamas were in the White House and, you know, they worked hand in hand, was very vocal. Let You know, that's another thing. You know, compared to Jordan, Jordan never really discussed his political views while he was a player. He very, until really Jordan... And I'm sure, I'm, I believe without a doubt, Jordan probably contribute money to President Barack Obama's campaign. I believe he did. But unlike LeBron James, LeBron James is like, not only I'm going to give you the check, I want everybody to know I'm giving you the check. I want everybody to know that 100% I am behind you. And not to mention, like I said earlier, he called he called President Trump a bum. I mean, that's that's funny. You know, when you got Fox uh, newscaster saying things like "shut up and dribble," because he's a threat. He's a threat to the established quota, and he's that new type of athlete. Because if that catches wind. Somebody can say, you know, I not only want to be great, I want to be able to do what LeBron James doing. I want to be able to come back home. I don't just want to buy 10 cars. I don't just want to get my mom a house. I want to build a school. I want, you know, I want to be doing what Nipsey Hussle was attempting to do. Have a shopping center. I want to do what Queen Latifah, who's buying homes in my hometown of Newark, New Jersey, See, there's, there's some people that are doing some real stuff with their, their resources. And then, you know, we got those that are just going out to the strip clubs, putting the money gun full of $100 bills and shooting it in the crowd. And, you know, I guess they feel that this is economic stimulation also. But anyway... Let's call it a day. This has been another episode of There's a System to This Madness Podcast. I am Osaze Shabazz. As always, show your love, give your likes. I love to hear your opinions, your comments, your questions, your agreements, your disagreements. Check out my Facebook page, There's a System to This Madness. Again, post things on there pretty much daily. 
Love to hear your views, your opinion on that. Until then, God bless. Take care. See you next time.